Welcome to Bits About Books, the home for conversations with authors of breakthrough books on sales, marketing and business. Founders, entrepreneurs and individual professionals, we all need to keep track of ideas that are helping create our today and tomorrow. Bits About Books will strive to find those books and speak to their authors, go behind the scenes and understand what inspired the authors to write the books that they did and how they went about doing so. Through our conversations, we hope to gain insights that will help us to get the most out of our efforts. I'm your host Shubhanjan Sarkar, founder of Pitchlink, the next generation buyer-seller engagement platform where our mission is to make buying easy. Welcome to Bits About Books. Thank you for your time and for joining us in this session. I have a favor to ask. While you continue to listen to the podcast, please leave a comment or rating at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I personally look at each comment and will give you a shout out to each of you in our following episodes. It means a lot to hear from you. Our guest today is Gretchen Gordon and we speak with her about her bestseller, The Happy Sales Manager. Drive sales, lead your team with ease and have fun. In my preferred structure, the sales manager does not continue to be the rainmaker, does not continue to have their own quota. So I am a firm believer that um, you have to be focused on selling or you got to be focused on managing because they are two very different skills. But frequently, the, the reason the sales manager fails is because they can't or won't change their mindset around that. Gretchen Gordon, a self-proclaimed sales nerd, is far from your ordinary sales expert. After a disastrous Girl Scout cookie selling experience and a PNG sales gig that left her questioning her career choice in sales, Gretchen decided to face her fears head on. With a lot of grit and determination, she transformed herself into an award-winning salesperson and was soon promoted to sales manager. Initially proud, she quickly became frustrated and overwhelmed as she felt ill-equipped to perform as a manager. Fortunately, she channeled her inner sales nerd to learn the secrets to successful sales management. Now, after nearly 40 years in and around sales, having studied the science associated with success and after helping hundreds of sales managers grow out of their frustration and stress, Gretchen is determined to create an army of happy sales managers. She wrote The Happy Sales Manager to make it easier for the many people who find themselves leading a sales team but feel overwhelmed and underqualified as she once did. Gretchen leads a team of sales experts at her company Braveheart Sales with a mission to cultivate sales organizations so sellers can sell and leaders can lead. A sought-after keynote speaker, she focuses on the skill set and mindset of sales and sales leadership. When she is not changing the sales world, Gretchen is an avid competitive golfer, wife, proud mother of grown children, and fur mom to two Shih Tzus. Now, on to this happy session with Gretchen Gordon. Gretchen, welcome to Bits About Books. I'm delighted to have you in the show and uh, really want to talk about the book. Uh, I think it's... Uh, it is so human. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm uh, so happy to be here. I appreciate it. Before we actually dive into the book, I'd like to ask, when did you actually think that 
sales managers are becoming unhappy and you should you should fix that oh boy uh, that's a great question and it goes back to uh, my uh, personal experience of being a salesperson and then getting promoted into sales management because I had success as a salesperson and finding myself in an uncomfortable spot, um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling uh, unqualified, frankly, didn't know what to do because what I did as a salesperson, I had been trained to be a salesperson, never been taught or trained to be a sales manager. And I disliked it so much uh, that I asked to go back to being uh, just a salesperson. So that goes back a lot of years, uh, 20 plus years ago. And um, then ultimately, through the work that uh, we do at my company, Braveheart Sales Performance, we have seen lots of unhappy sales managers. Again, people like myself who were very good as a salesperson and then got promoted into sales management or sometimes um, someone who had been some form of operational manager but was asked to take over the sales team. And so feeling overwhelmed, um, unqualified, ill-equipped to, to know how to do what they need to do and what they were doing wasn't working. Just telling people what to do uh, wasn't working. Just uh, expecting people to operate the way they operated to be you know, successful salespeople wasn't working. And so um, it's been a, it, this kind of was a pet project, uh, you know, that I've been thinking about for a number of years. I, I understand. I think the sales manager yo-yoing between being soft and being super hard and, and, and trying to find a balance with the team. I think that's a, that, that's a problem that has not been solved, by the way. I mean, yeah. people, people, people do that all the time. And, and I was just literally having a conversation with someone where one sales manager is driving his team up the wall, making them start at four o'clock in the morning because they're selling cross geography and, and, and working till late in the evening and so on. And, and there's a lot of angst building there, uh, although they're getting some success. I mean, so, so they acknowledge that the success is coming, but it is becoming humanly difficult anyway. Yeah, this is this is genuinely a, a challenge, and I think actually articulating that the sales manager needs to be happy, which means there is a balance, is is critical. So, what did you do? When did you actually start writing the book? So, I created the table of contents about seven years ago, and then did nothing with it. So, it was all up here. It was all in my head for. Um, a number of years, and then you're just busy, and it's always back there kind of brewing. I've written a lot for, uh, you know, articles and blogs and things like that. So it's always, it's always back there. And, but I finally decided at the end of last year, at the end of 2022, that 2023 was going to be the year to do it. A uh, variety of reasons why that I don't need to get into. Our company was in a position where it made sense, had other people doing things. So I could afford the the time to do it. So uh, literally, uh, I it took me about six weeks from start to finish to write the book, to actually get all of the thoughts on paper and have the basic um, flow of the book, the different tables of contents, etc. 
uh, and that happened in uh, February and March of 2023. Uh, so it, didn't, it actually didn't take very long to write. I did take a couple uh, days um, completely away from you know normal business and and write, and then I was I, then I had time blocked out uh, most days for about six weeks to to um, attend to the writing. Wonderful. And did you do the workbook at the same time? So I, uh, the workbook, um, I had already created some of the materials in the workbook because we've used some of those in different formats with clients, with, you know, sales managers and sales teams in the work that we do. Um, but I actually didn't put, I didn't create the entire workbook until, uh, much later. So once you write the book, then, you know, you go through the editing process and that takes several weeks. And then the, um, um, and the editing from a, a structural standpoint, I guess I would say, then, uh, then you go through the um, editing process of just the copy editing. So making sure that grammatical, you know, typos and things like that. And then you do the other work, which is the uh, creating the the book cover and the content that's going to be in the front and the back of the book and the formatting, getting it formatted so it could be on Kindle and also print. And it was during that time. So it was really uh, this uh, past summer. So uh, it was well into the book was already written when I put the workbook together in its final format. Right. So, so going back to the book, and I want to delve a little more on the, on the process. You obviously had your blogs and articles that you had written to support the thoughts in the book, right? The way you mm-hmm. structured. So when you said you had, had the structure out, out there seven years back, was it actually in the section one, section two, section three kind of structure or was it the more the topics? It was more the topics, and I actually, uh, the fact that you brought up the, you know, the articles and the blogs and things like that, I actually had in my mind originally that I could just go back and mine the information that I'd written, you know, for years and years, uh, and that seemed like that would be a really easy, quick way to write a book, but it wasn't, and I, I soon, you know, I collected all of the old material and started to organize it in a certain fashion, and it wasn't uh, as easy as I thought it was going to be, so I scrapped that idea and just started writing from scratch, and the table of contents that I originally had, um, it, the, the book now somewhat um, mirrors that, but not completely. It's more the structure of um, getting the thoughts out and putting them in a cohesive manner so that they could be understood and prioritizing some things over other things. So the concepts were uh, began seven years ago, but obviously the world's changed as well. So there's been a lot more um, added and um, I, 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 you know, restructured, I guess I would say, and put more current uh, spin on things than what I originally came up with seven years ago. And I also uh, would like to believe that you have more case studies, which has which you have seen the, the customers that you work with and people that you have met over the last seven years, which who also have been uh, uh, instrumental in, in adding uh, to the to the narrative and the and the stories and the uh, and the content. 
Absolutely. I mean, I've always believed that, um, you know, managers are a critical element of the success of a sales organization. But um, you're exactly right. Over the last several years, we've seen it even more so. And uh, frequently what happens is an organization will say, hey, I need, you know, I need my sales team to sell more or sell more efficiently or, you know, whatever the problem is. And they frequently don't do a deep dive into management and leadership to to determine is that, you know, is it the salespeople or is it the managers and is it the leaders above the managers? And uh, so so it's become very apparent to me over, um, you know, uh, doing this line of work, being in this business for almost 15 years, um, it's become more and more apparent how critically important effective sales management and sales leadership is on uh, the outcomes that the organization will experience. And um, we know it from the work that we do with clients that you know you have to partner with them, you have to bring them into the fold. It's kind of this holistic approach. But um, even more so, it just feels like, and, and maybe it's also the pandemic and, you know, there's been so, so much change and the rate of change is not going to slow down that um, for organizations to have success in sales growth, they really do need to pay attention to the effectiveness and um, um, the, you know, kind of impact that the managers are having on the sales organization. So I think maybe that's why um, you're right. I've had the idea for a number of years, but it's become even more important over time. And that's probably what compelled me, you know, like, this is the right time, let's get the book written, because it's um, critically important. Um, Things aren't going to slow down, that's for sure. uh, Manager challenges are even greater than they ever have been because of of remote work environment, um, hybrid work environment. And um, so it's critically important that they're successful. Absolutely. Let's dive into the book. You have structured it in three different sections. The first section is about the key competencies. The second one is the tactical elements. And the last is the the personal elements, right? Yeah, right. So so there must be a reason why you have structured in that way. So uh, why did you think you should start with competencies first and which, according to you, are the most critical competencies that sales managers need to focus on? Well, you, um, well, first of all, I focused on the core competencies of, you know, motivating, accountability, coaching, and hiring and onboarding first. And um, you mentioned the the difficulty of being too soft or being too hard. And that is what we frequently see as well, which is, uh uh-oh, now I'm a sales manager, I got to tell people what to do, and I got to hold them accountable. And, you know, we're just going to you know, get out there and, 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 um, be warriors. And, um, they ignore parts of what maybe made them successful as a salesperson, which is, yeah, they might've been hard charging, highly motivated, that type of thing, but also able to, um, adjust and, and adapt to the client situation. So the same kind of elements are important from a management perspective. So I would say that um, while I have four core competencies listed in that first section, um, coaching, 
motivating and accountability are nearly equal in importance. Um, And what I mean by that is we know that even if you aren't an excellent coach, so you're not the best at it, but you're uh, consistent in coaching your folks, your people will have more success. And we know this using data um, from Objective Management Group, actually, because we analyze um, salespeople. The, um, um, so they have to, to coach and coaching is not telling them what to do. It's helping the other person become better than they otherwise would be if a coach wasn't involved in working with them. So coaching critically important. Um, and, and the reason that motivating is actually identified as the first core competency is that's kind of where it all starts is why does the salesperson get up in the morning and come to work and do this job? And not everybody, uh, not every salesperson is motivated by money. It used to be that the vast majority were motivated by money, but the world's changed and that's not true anymore. So the sales manager who may have been motivated by money or, or maybe still is motivated by money, rewards, recognition, you know, external elements may be um, assuming that all the people on the sales team are just like them. And that is a fatal mistake. So they need to understand um, what makes each person on their team tick and then help inspire them. They can't quote unquote motivate them, but they can inspire them by um, uh, helping that person achieve their goals. So goal setting is a, is a key component of keeping sales teams motivated and individuals on the sales teams motivated. So that's critically important just to understand if I've got a person who is extrinsically motivated, so rewards, recognition, money, then the comp plan might be enough or the, or the tote board that says you're, you know, leading the pack might be enough to keep them motivated. But if you're dealing with someone who is more intrinsically motivated or motivated by their own reasons, wants to be the best they can be, wants to take care of the client, wants the client to achieve their results, and they're not motivated by external elements, then you need to uh, interact with them differently as their manager. You need to inspire them based on what matters to them, not just the compensation plan doing it. And then, so that, that's critically important. Then accountability, which is that, you know, did the, did the salespeople do what they were supposed to do? Did they say that they do what they committed to doing and, um, and are they doing enough of that? And that all flows from actually understanding the goals and what needs to, you know, what does the salesperson want out of the job and what does the company need the salesperson to do and marrying those, you know, two sets of goals together and then understanding what the individual needs to do to excel that's really the accountability piece of it. So I always say there's, you know, there's only two reasons really why salespeople fail. One is because they don't do enough of the right stuff. So they don't do the right activities, behaviors. Um, they don't do enough of it. They don't do it or they don't do enough of it. And the other reason why salespeople fail is because they do enough of the things they're supposed to do, but they're not very good at it. And that points to coaching. 
motivating. But motivating is kind of at the center of that. And then you can set the expectations and and uh, they can set their own commitments. And then the uh, coaching piece of it is where the manager needs to come in and help the person do a better job of those activities that they need to be doing. So those three are critically important. And then obviously, if a if uh, there is expansion that is required through hiring, um, the sales manager would do well to uh, become proficient at um, attracting, interviewing, selecting, and onboarding. It'll make their job a lot easier. So that's why it's part of the core competencies. Um, but if you're not hiring, you don't need to have that skill, obviously. Right. It's time for a short break. Stay with us. After the break. Coaching has to do with caring about the individuals on the team and being more team-focused than self-focused. And you're right. Sometimes salespeople just do not have what we refer to as the mindset or the DNA, sales DNA, to be able to make that jump. So you have to analyze that first of all. And by and large, sales managers who were promoted into the role from the ranks of being a great salesperson, the ones that succeed do have that mindset of team. Uh, They do have the mindset of helping others achieve the goals, not doing it for them, not doing it instead of them, not needing to be in the limelight. You are listening to a Business Podcast Network original. Podcasting is the fastest growing content marketing opportunity, which is untapped. We can help you craft your audio strategy and help leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that the smartphone penetration provides. It is easy, it is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to your targets like never before. Write to us at bpn at bizcast.in that is bpn at biz. C-A-S-T dot I-N. Business Podcast Network. Podcasts end to end. Welcome back. I'm Shubhanjan Sarkar, your host for Bits About Books and founder of Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform. Let's dive right back into the episode where we left it. I think uh, before we move on to the other other uh, sections, I, I, I would like to touch upon two things here, both in terms of goal setting and uh, and coaching because Part of the goal setting, as you said, is about how do you want to improve yourself so that you can do your job better. And the other part of goal setting is how do you plan to achieve your targets? Right. Uh, and and there has been enough talk, and you can touch upon it if you want, enough talk about how arbitrary the target settings are today. Ah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, so that, so that's one point I want you to touch upon that, how this arbitrary target setting by the organization is impacting the ability to do effective goal setting by the salesperson. That's one, one part of it. The other part is coaching is actually a very specialized skill and how possible it is for a sales person who has now been promoted as a manager to actually pick up that coaching skill. 
Ah, those are two great points. So the first one regarding goal setting, you're exactly right. A lot of companies just say, oh, we're going to increase X percent this year. And so your piece is this and your piece is this and your piece is that. What I'm a big believer in, uh, and, and we address this in the book, is understanding at a deep level, at an intimate level, what makes the salesperson tick and uh, understanding what they're really working for. And frequently there are financial goals associated with that, right? I want to remodel my kitchen. I want to buy a boat. I want to retire in 10 years, whatever they are. So there are uh, quantitative um, uh, elements associated with that, right? I need to make this amount of money to be able to do those things. And what uh, I'm a big believer in is understanding that, getting the salespeople to uh, be honest about, okay, I want to take an example. I want to remodel my kitchen. It's going to cost me $50,000 and I need to make this amount of money this year to be able to accomplish that. So I need to have, I need to earn X in commissions above my salary. Uh, so then sharing that with the sales manager and having the sales manager go through a very particular process of setting those goals and why are they important and then breaking that down to, okay, well, what do you need to do then salesperson to accomplish that, to make that amount of money in my experience in the, you know, nearly 15 years that, uh, I've been doing this type of work. And even before when I was a manager, um, what I learned is that almost always, so let's say 95% of the time, the salesperson will set a higher goal if they are tied into what they want out of the job and the money that it would um, uh, produce. Or even I want to be able to work four days a week and take one day off to volunteer. What does that look like? How do I make that happen? they will be far more um, engaged and bought into that than if the company says, here's your goal. And the salesperson's goal will 95% of the time be higher than what the company would have given them. Um, Unless the company is just, you know, uh, the leaders of the company are just absurd about, you know, how much more their sales team can produce. So that's why it's critically important because you're right. A lot of times it is arbitrary how the goals are set and it doesn't mean anything to the salesperson. So the manager can, can tie this all together by helping the salesperson understand that everything that they do, the phone calls they make, the outreach that they conduct, the sales conversations that they have, the better qualifying that they do to not waste their time with the wrong ones can help them achieve their personal goal, not just the goal that the company has set out for them. So that's the first Absolutely. element. Yeah. Um, and then with regard to coaching... You're exactly right. It is a skill and and you highlight the, you know, one of the biggest issues that, which is, you know, why I wrote the book is the fact that um, salespeople generally are individual contributors, right? So they're, they're yeah. doing their job. They only have to think about themselves to get the job done. Now we're saying now you need to be a manager and you, we don't, and, 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 
in my preferred structure, the sales manager is not does not continue to be the rainmaker, does not mm. continue to have their own quota. So I am a firm believer that um, you have to be focused on selling or you got to be focused on managing because they are two very different skills. And sure, managers help salespeople. They might participate in closing opportunities, things like that. They might need to have their title in a meeting. You know, I got to have the, the big wig in the meeting, that kind of thing. But by and large, coaching is separate than that. Coaching has to do with caring about the individuals on the team and being more team focused than self focused. And you're right. Sometimes salespeople just do not have what we refer to as the mindset or the DNA sales DNA to be able to make that jump. So you have to analyze that first of all, and by and large sales managers who were promoted into the role from the ranks of being a great salesperson, the ones that succeed do have that mindset of team. Uh, they do have the mindset of helping others achieve the goals, not doing it for them, not doing it instead of them, not needing to be in the limelight. But frequently the, the reason the sales manager fails is because they can't or won't change their mindset around that. It can be changed, but the manager has to understand that the team um, uh, goal achievement is far greater than the manager needing to be in the spotlight. So we do address that in the book, um, and 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 that kind of gets into then uh, some of the other elements or some of the other sections of the book. And in particular, the last section, which is, you know, talking about the individual and their beliefs, they have to be real. And, and to be successful as a sales manager, you got to be honest about, do I need to be in the spotlight? Or do I want to help others be as successful as possible? And if it's the former, uh, you know, it might not be the right fit for the person. If it's the latter, then you can teach them the, you know, the tactical components. You can teach them also how to be an effective coach. You can teach them the ins and outs of, you know, managing the various duties of the job. And uh, because they automatically come with some of the right mindset and you can enhance that. It's very interesting because, uh, you know, when I think about this entire sales process, a lot of the qualities that you want to see in a sales manager, you actually want to see in the salesperson as well, because that's the same mindset with which they should relate with the customer. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're exactly right, is is that same thought process of I want the customer to succeed. What do I need to do to provide them our products, our services, or maybe our stuff doesn't help them get to their goals? Yeah. You're exactly right. It's the same concept. But unfortunately, I think what happens is many organizations um, um, treat salespeople differently. They treat them as if they're just, you know, kind of 
uh, cogs in a manufacturing process and, you know, yeah. just spit out the business. Um, we uh, prefer to work with clients, uh, you know, companies that uh, actually care about um, helping the client or the customer get the outcomes they want. More of a complex sale than a, we don't, you know, work with transactional, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right. Um, salespeople uh, should come with some of that attitude. But uh, I have to tell you that over the years of analyzing salespeople and sales managers, um, many of them uh, do not possess truly those traits inherently, you know, like, okay, I need to help the other person achieve, but the best salespeople do. Um, Mm. And then it's just a matter of worrying about, you know, a lot of salespeople who have that mindset and get promoted into sales management, excuse me, management (laughs) may not have, uh, they may not care as much about the other people on their team. They might be great at focusing on helping the customer achieve their goals, but there might be a disconnect between doing that versus helping um, the salespeople have that same mindset and be the best they can be. So, so let's get into the tactical elements and there are quite a few of them. So where do you think the core necessity lies. So obviously everybody cannot be good at all six uh, tactical uh, you know, processes that you talk of, whether it's organization or compensation or pipeline. Uh, maybe compensation is not so much in their control also. So where do you think a sales manager who wants to actually deliver and ensure that the team wins, where they should focus? So they must focus on pipeline management, and they must focus on it in the correct way. And so I would say, you know, really two things um, in, in this aspect. Pipeline management is not something that should be done in a sales meeting, in a group sales meeting. That is so old school. And I, I know tons of executives and leaders out there that believe it. And, you know, it creates a sense of urgency if, you know, Bob over here is talking about all these great deals that he's got in his pipeline, then that's going to inspire John to, you know, go do more. It doesn't work that way. Um, that's why pipeline management has to be disconnected from the sales meeting and pipeline management is a one-on-one thing and it really, um, uh, morphs into coaching, right? It's part of the coaching conversation. It's part of, um, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of a combination of accountability and coaching. So do they have enough in their pipeline? Okay. They got a bunch of stuff in their pipeline, but if we focus too much on the pipeline as managers, then the salespeople think the only thing that matters is getting stuff into the pipeline. So they're going to fill the pipeline with a bunch of fluffy, you know, stuff that's never going to close. So that's the accountability piece, right? Do you have enough in your pipeline, but is it the right, are they the right opportunities in the pipeline? So that's a one-on-one conversation where the manager can be coaching the individuals to, um, um, be more scrutinizing, be more, have a, you know, have a perspective of disqualifying opportunities instead of trying to get everything into the pi- pipeline and qualify it. And that's a, that's a coaching mechanism. So managing the behaviors 
around the pipeline. And then the, the you know, having the correct um, sales meeting cadence collectively, the sales meeting is, in my mind, terribly underutilized in a lot of organizations. A sales meeting should be inspiring, um, should be a, a time when the salespeople want to come and share what's going on and get help from their peers and have collaboration about how they might be able to, you know, move an opportunity along as opposed to being a boring meeting where we just talk about product. Um, that's not what it's for. It's uh, sales meetings should be regular cadence of helping individuals collectively get better. And um, so that's why I would say of the tactical, master those. And then the other things are elements of, well, how do I deal with, you know, the, the rest of my job, the, the reports, and how do I manage up you know, with my boss and, and all those different components. Um, I would, I would say that as a manager moves along in their career, they absolutely need to become proficient at all of those uh, elements, but they, they, you're right. They aren't going to be that way initially. So let's focus on the things that will actually move the needle. And it's the core competencies, you know, it's the coaching, accountability, motivating that drive everything else. But then from a a daily tactical, what do I need to do with the pipeline and what do I need to do with sales meetings, um, get those things and then and let's grow from there. Yeah. Before we move to the next section, what are the points that you are highlighting in the sales process bit? Yeah, so the sales process is, is and, and I consider pipeline management and sales process to be um, uh, cousins of each other. So um, if, you, if you have a repeatable sales process, then you can um, make sure that the pipeline is um, quality. Uh, because the pipeline will mirror the process. You know, you're going to go through stages in the pipeline and the process is going to be, okay, I need to ask these questions. I need to find out these things. Before I move along in the process, I need to know this. And um, you're exactly right that it's critically important to make sure that there is a, um, you know, repeatable sales process because then that allows the manager also to coach to it. You know, did you forget to do this? Did you, you know, what did they say when you asked this question? Those types of, that's kind of, and, and I'm, you know, thinking about it moving along in a continuum because it's really part of the par- uh, pipeline process as well. You know, the, the line between marketing and sales is blurring. And the reason is that the whole idea that the sales team will be able to identify opportunities which are valid today without substantial work being put into actually working with the, the these prospects as they were going through their buying process mm-hmm. and and they got ready today but this process had started maybe six eight ten months before right. uh, internally in the uh, in the in the organization and that's that's what typically the marketing job used to be uh, do you see that we need to sort of realign the thought process of the sales process to more understanding of the buying process. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think the, um, you know, obviously, we touch on the book in the book on like the organizational structure. So should you have full cycle salespeople that do prospecting and closing the business? Um, and, you know, however, the leads come in, um, if that's marketing, if that's cold calling by, you know, the salesperson, or should you have kind of an SDR, BDR, uh, and then, you know, like an AE that closes the business, SDR, BDR generating uh, appointments, let's say. And yeah. um, they're intermingled. The marketing and the sales should be intermingled. There's, there's you know, most recently been um, uh, some things I've read uh, and and we probably all are exhausted by SDRs calling you know nonstop and <laughs> and sending cutesy emails out and things like that. So obviously the marketing and the sales are intermingled in that um, uh, you know it used to be very clear cut. You're right. Marketing would um, um, spark interest maybe, uh, you know, create awareness and then spark yeah. some interest maybe. And then it kind of took up sales kind of took over and, and caused uh, a prospect to prefer you and then, and then buy. Now you have to uh, have those things aligned. So you need to have uh, marketing and sales processes. So maybe there's a prospecting process that is specifically, uh, a combination of maybe sales and marketing, you know, uh, it might be live reach out, it might be emails, it might be social posts, it might, you know, all those things. And an individual might be, uh, uh, an individual salesperson might be involved at some points along the way, calling, whether they're an SDR or full cycle salesperson, calling and trying to have a conversation, um, using, you know, LinkedIn, not just having, um, standardized messages go out, but actually having personal engagement on LinkedIn, for instance. Um, and then, um, um, you know, the sales process. So if you think about, let's say, a prospecting process, maybe different from a sales process, when you have a live um, interested other party, then the the true sales process begins in that now we're thinking about what questions do I need to ask? So, so to your point, aligning it with the buyer, the buyer wants to get out there and do their research. And let's make it easy for them to uh, think about us. And then when we get into the real nitty gritty, what we really need to be understanding is what are they trying to accomplish instead of yeah. telling them this is what we can do for you, which I think of that more like a, you know, just a prospecting or marketing process. True, true. Let, let's move to the last section where you're talking about the person. And, and I think I, I somehow feel that this could be the most critical one because if, if this is not right, then neither the competency development nor the tactical will actually pan out. Yeah, you're exactly right. No, you're exactly right. And I, I considered putting this at the front end of the book, you know, that making it the first section. But I felt like um, I felt like the book might be rejected uh, because it felt like it was too soft or too, you know, touchy feely. And, mm. but it is a critical element that uh, managers need to understand is 
you know, how, what do I, what are my beliefs and what do I need to be thinking about? And is it in here, you know, is it in my head that is causing me to not be as successful as I could? And frequently, um, you know, uh, we touched on it earlier, this concept of being promoted from sales to sales management um, can produce a lot of different things. One is it can produce the, hey, just do it the way I uh uh, told you to the way I did it, do it the way I did it. And I'm just telling you it works. Um, that's why we didn't go on the front end because I'm not sure that a lot of sales managers who have were successful salespeople would buy off on that. And until they understood what coaching really is accountability, motivating and how that can make their lives easier. Then um, additionally, um, it can it can create this imposter syndrome, which I address in the book as well, which is this, you know, the concept of um, these were my peers, you know, I was buddies with all these salespeople, and now I'm their boss. And, you know, inside of me, I'm thinking, oh, what, you know, what do I have any different than they do? I was just lucky, or I worked harder, or I, whatever, I got the better leads. Um how, how do I separate now and rise up to being someone who wants to help them be successful and I'm not just their buddy anymore and we're not going to commiserate about the policies of the company anymore. Um, so it's a critical element, but my, my concern in, in when I structured the book the way I did with that being the last section is I wanted um, the individuals that would read the book to like get okay this is how I do the job and um, like we're basically building a relationship I'm building a relationship with them that they trust me that um, I'm giving them good solid advice and it's not just um, you know this isn't just some uh, psychology project that but then sure. they might be open more to going yeah you're right it really is um, I need to get my head right if I'm going to be effective at this. And if someone gets to the end of the book, which we know everyone has very short attention spans, and that's why the book is short as well, and sales managers are no different, um, then they're probably really serious. And if they download the workbook, they're probably really serious about being the best sales manager they can be. And that's really where that that's hard work. That mindset work is harder than the rest of it. So that's why it's also at the end of the book, because people who are truly committed are going to get all the way through the book, they're going to download the workbook, they're going to do, um, you know, they're going to use the tools and, and do what the book suggests. And so they're going to be in a better spot. And um, um, I could, I could probably write a book alone about coaching, I could write a book uh, alone about the mindset. Um, uh, but I kind of wanted to put it all in one, you know, package so people could take what they need and move through the book and become the best they could possibly be. I think, I think that makes complete sense. And I also see, I, I completely understand why you want to put this at the end. However, I think the real win of this book, to my mind, is that you're bringing back the human element into the into the discourse because we are talking so much about AI and and automation and and you know uh, generating AI generated uh, generative AI and so on and so forth uh, and and 
And by the way, I mean, you know that in the sales tech landscape over the last five years that Nicholas Kochovsky is tracking it, uh, it has gone from like 200 products to 2000 products, right? So, so it, is, it is a lot of automation. And I think focusing on the fact that a sales manager should be happy, I think, I think makes a lot of sense. Well, I uh, appreciate that. And I feel like um, happy is better right? <laughs> if, if we're happy, our brain is going to be at, at peace and we're going to be able to execute those human elements better. We're not going to be so stressed yeah. out and, and you know, uh, thinking about, well, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? Just connect and yeah. um, help the sales team accomplish the goals and everybody will be happier. Bits About Books is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform. Pitchlink makes buying easy by enabling high-quality engagement between buyers and sellers through its presentation and discussion modules. Sellers create customized sales narratives using sales collaterals and personal videos and reach out to prospects through a non-intrusive buyer-qualified engagement. Pitchlink requires no installation or download and holds the entire repository of sales collaterals and buyer-seller conversations. Talk to us to know more about how you can engage with customers without intuition. Call us on 99021-631-32. Gretchen, thank you so much. I really appreciate your uh, coming on the show and, and taking time to talk to us about your book, the happy sales manager and uh, i think i think your readers will find a lot of value in in this conversation that we have had well i appreciate the the forum to talk about it because as you could tell i'm not lacking for uh, thoughts and and um, uh, perspectives on this topic. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And I appreciate that you got the core of, you know, bringing back the human element, because um, that's really what we're talking about here. You're exactly right. Use AI to help you do your job better, but don't ignore the human side of it. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you. We have a fantastic lineup over the next couple of episodes with great conversations on breakthrough books. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss a single episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us today on Bits About Books, where we talk to authors about breakthrough books on sales, marketing and business. We hope this conversation helped inform and motivate as we all navigate a rapidly changing business environment. For us, these are enlightening conversations enriched with knowledge and expertise. We encourage you to go out and buy the book to learn firsthand and implement some of the great ideas we discussed today. We hope to have you with us again in the next exciting episode of Bits About Books. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from and give us a rating while you are at it. This BizCast original podcast is produced for Pitchlink, the next generation buyer-seller engagement platform, where the mission is to make buying easy. Hosted by Subhanjan Sarkar and produced by Rajiv Aditya. See you next time and have a wonderful day.